Welcome to Podcast Every Day Until I Get a Job, a new podcast that I've decided to make, which I'll do every day until I get a job. Uh, well, not every day, but most days that I feel like doing it and I feel like talking about something. Uh, it's less of a podcast and more of a voice note to whoever wants to listen about whatever it doesn't really matter does it what are other podcasts about really do you know what i mean some of them are about pop culture you've got three american people or four american or sometimes five american people all talking over each other about how much they love um i don't know marvel movies and stuff they're all getting really excited and they're like talking about the news that oh no there's another one coming nobody saw that okay i'll get back to that in a minute anyways so i just want to i think for the intro at the moment what i'd like to say is there's um the benefit to doing a podcast every day or most days i would say it's podcast as often as i can until i get a job but i'm not changing the title because i already created an acast account the the beauty of doing a podcast every day is that i will rack up the episodes like nobody's business it will be episode one 10 days i've got 10 episodes 100 days i got up presumably roughly around 100 episodes maybe 90 maybe 80 uh, but that doesn't matter within a year i'll have over 100 episodes other podcasts take two years to get out to 100 episodes because they do it once a week because they're lazy and i'm trying to prove that i am not lazy and i will do work every day well most days i can't promise it will be every day because sometimes i'm really really tired or sometimes i just don't feel like it no if there's an employer listening then uh that also applies to my actual work ethic i'm not gonna lie some days i just don't feel like it and because it's not work that benefits me but this work could benefit me so maybe i will do it every day maybe this will change my life who knows um racking up the podcast episodes though make me a bit like stephen king racking up his books which means that this is what i'm thinking if i just keep churning them out one of them has to be good one episode will have to be something somewhat good maybe i'll interview someone on it maybe I'll, I'll probably have some guests if i'm going to do it every day and i'm over at someone's house i might get them as guests they might say something interesting maybe it'll be on the avclub.com they'll be like check out this new podcast it's called podcast every day until i get a job it's a great podcast and i'll be like oh my god i'm gonna share this on my socials check this out guys the AV club say my podcast is the best podcast i've said podcast about a million times i'm so sorry so that's the plan there's some ground rules though. Number one, I will not be editing these at all. 
number two, I will not be doing much research. Well, maybe I will. Depends, but it won't be well researched. I can guarantee that. Number three, uh, I will not have any interesting content. I'll be pausing a lot. The microphone might fall over. Fall fell over a few times. I'm drinking coffee at the moment. You'll probably hear me drink that. Uh, I did a take a while ago and I rubbed my eye and you could hear the squelch of my eye in the microphone. That could happen again. Not going to lie. So it will be as bare minimum amount of work and as bare minimally done as I possibly can. Until I get a job. Which I'll apply that work ethic to the job then. Maybe I'll make a really good podcast. So maybe I need a job to make this podcast better. It's more like a voice note. As I, I think I said that earlier. Uh, just turn on the microphone and speak for a day. See. Not to say the word podcast again. But I'm going to say it about 10 more times. Maybe 20. The thing about podcasts and podcast fans is that podcast fans are the most loyal of all the fans. I think if there's ever some sort of like armed uprising, it would be led by someone with a podcast. The podcast fans are like devout followers of their podcasts. Joe Rogan fans. The Blind Boy podcast has fans like that. You random, those ones I was on about Amer- earlier, those American ones where American people essentially talk over each other for an hour and you fucking love it. You wear a t-shirt that says Americans talk over each other for four hour, for an hour and I love it. It's Marvel, talking about Marvel films or about fucking top 10 Jim Carrey moments or something. I don't know. I listen to a few of them as well, to be honest with you. They're kind of comforting in their own way. But you get nothing from them. They're just, sometimes they'll be, they they, they don't, I'm shaking my leg there. I hope that's not coming through in the podcast. Sorry, I was getting a bit hyped up thinking about bad podcasts. But, uh, see, there's two kinds of podcasts. There's a podcast, which is what those are, where people are just talking shit, turning hitting record and going like, in in this week's gaming news, uh, there's a new um, Call of Duty coming out, and I'm happy about that. And then two other people simultaneously like, oh my god, I'm also happy about that. And there's another guy going like, I thought the last one was great. And then they're like, yeah, but I mean, and then DLC, and it's just all that. They're just all talking over each other. And then that ha- continues for an hour. And then it, it, at the end they go, well, thank you for listening. And goodbye. Um, as I said, I do listen to a few of those, so don't feel too bad. I, I'm, I'm chastising myself as much as I'm chastising fans of those podcasts. But podcast fans are the most loyal of all the fans. Sorry to go back to that. There'll be plenty of tangents. So if I forget to go back to a point, then please contact me somewhere. Or just walk up to my house and knock on the door. And say, you forgot to end a point on that damn podcast, you stupid idiot. And I'll go, oh, sugar. And then I'll just finish it on the next episode. Because I can't keep my train of thought for very long. Especially 
I've no one sitting around me or beside me and normally you can get your cues on what you had been previously talking about off them by letting them speak for a moment. But no, I cannot do that because I'm looking at a chair with a jacket on it and there's another chair with a shirt on it. I can see the kitchen, but I'm not sitting in the kitchen. I'm sitting in the room between the kitchen and the sitting room with the kitchen table in it. But I can see both the kitchen and the sitting room. It's one of them houses I live in. Um, damn, I'm after forgetting my, my point again. Podcast followers are loyal. This is the first episode of this podcast. So if you're joining me on this episode, you may as well join me on the rest of the journey and be as loyal as you would be to Joe Rogan or Blind Boy or... Um, the other podcasts I know 99% Invisible is a good one but that see that's not a podcast that's an ah, that's a really well researched the Blind Boy podcast is fairly has its bits as well like and has not good episodes well researched episodes and <coughs> but it says podcast so that that can be put in podcast but then the New York Times for example would have series like that one rabbit hole I thought was class about the alt-right that was more like an audio experience had unbelievable sound design this will have zero sound design there will the only sounds that will be designed are the ones that are coming out of my mouth right now and they're not even that well formed because I kind of mumble and I stumble over my words a lot especially if I start walk walking see there you go talking too fast um What's been going on in my life? Let's get into it. Let's get into the bones of the first podcast. Because there's only so much introduction you can do and warning about a podcast. So this podcast is called, as you know, podcast every day until I get a job. Does that mean I don't have a job? Yes, it does. Am I trying to find a job? Yes, I am. Uh, I try. I, I I said I was going to do this months ago, weeks ago. Sorry, and then straight after that, I was on the cusp of getting a job for about five weeks. Um, well, I felt like I might have been on the cusp of getting a job because I had like two interviews, and I swore on both the interviews by accident. No, I know you're not meant to do that, but God. For why why can't you do that it was an accident I was I felt comfortable you know what I mean I felt comfortable talking to him I feel too comfortable there was another interview I had and the feedback I got was that I was too critical of my previous employer which I was I can I when he said that I was like yes I was I'm sorry yeah I definitely was but I felt comfortable I was talking on the in the interview, I was like, this guy, I think this guy's my friend now. That's how they trick you. That's how the hiring managers are playing. They're playing mind games with you. Well, that's how it feels because, I don't know, it's not a therapy session. It's an interview, I suppose. Uh, so, all of those leads have fallen off by the wayside. So, I've decided to get this idea back up and going just to get me up. And give me something to do during the day. Something to think about. And something to just carry the Zoom around. And I don't know. I'll have guests and stuff. Anyways. 
I have a new plan about how I'm going to get a job. And I think it's pretty, pretty good. And it kind of involves, well, it doesn't involve podcasts, but the person it involves was on a podcast. You may have heard him interviewed on the Blind Boy podcast, John Romero. I'm a big fan of John Romero's games. Wolfenstein is class. Doom is class. His other games are probably class. They're new into Quake. Did he do this? I don't not going to get too into that because I'll probably make some mistakes because I didn't research it. But my phone's beside me in case we do need to do any research. Um. Anyways, John Romero. <coughs> he is a video game programmer, designer from some part of America. I suppose he's... he. If you see the photos from of him from like the 90s and stuff, he'd... It's like those uh, rock and roll video game guys who like open up a ad hoc studio in their shed and they're chasing their dreams to, and then they achieve them and now they're rich as fuck. And he lives in Galway. This is the point. So this the guy who created Doom. There was probably other people on it, but uh, I don't know who what their names are. I know John Romero's name, so it's him. He did it, as far as I'm concerned. He created Doom and Wolfenstein. And other stuff. Um, he's a really. He seems like a very cool person. So I was on the website of Romero Games. Which are based in Galway. And I was going through the shop section. And there was plenty of cool things in the shop. There was signed stuff. <gasps> that gives me another idea. There was signed stuff. There was. I don't know. Pens and shit. Posters or whatever. But one thing really caught my eye. For 30 euros. You could get a. Personalised. Video message from John Romero. Now your first thought. Probably be like oh yeah. What are you going to get him to say hello to your friend or something. No. I clicked through and then it, it confirmed. That. You send the script to him and he'll read it out. And if there's any anything they need clarif- clarification on, they'll, they'll come back to you. Like pronunciations of names and stuff. So, that got me thinking. It got the cogs in my head turning slowly, but they were turning. And I thought, okay, if I pay 30 euros for a personalised message from John Romero... And then sent him a script where he offers me a job. And also says this is legally binding. Then I get the video back. I give it a watch. He says all the things. In my head this is what happens. He says all the things. I'm like yes. He said all the things. Probably left the video recording going like that was a weird video. But I'm never going to see that again because it's been sent away. Wrong. Because I'm going to contact HR at RomeroGames.com. Send them the video of him offering me a job. Where he says that I will be earning 75000 a year. Also, which is why what I want often. And the HR person will see it go, well, that's, that's the big boss man. That's the CEO of our company. If he is the CEO, I don't know if it even... That's our boss. That's the guy who created Doom, who sits in their office, who tells us what to do, telling, saying, reading out a, a job offer. I'm 
we better get this contractor on though, Mr. Brawley. I'm also going to have it specified that I could work from home because I want to stay in Limerick. Nothing against Galway, I was there yesterday actually. I went to Connemara uh, for the first time ever and I always wanted to go to Connemara because I read these books by Tim Robinson called, ah, there's three of them, you look them up, he's RIP by the way, but uh, they are amazing books, they're beautiful. Connemara is so storied and interesting and just uh, so rich, but I had never been there, been to Galway loads of times. Hightailed it out of Galway loads of times. Normally went to Galway to go to Electric to see DJs. Or Balaclava in there one time and nearly fainted. And uh, so that's my real experience at Galway. But yesterday I got to go to Connemara. And Connemara is as exciting as I expected it to be. Now I really wanted to go to Roundstone Bog. Or Roundstone the area. Because that book... The book with Roundstone in it by Tim Robinson was the book I liked the most. But I forget what area we went to because when we got to Connemara, what I didn't realise is how fragmented its edges are. It's kind of like frayed, like a like a like the end of a string or something where you can't just go around the side of it. Because we were coming in through Barna and then through Spiddle. We went through Spiddle and then towards, I don't know. Mam Cross, I think it was. Uh, but you have to go up to that Mam Cross to go left to go to Roundstone, I think. But how? But you can. But you see, it would be faster if you could go to Roundstone. Just straight across, like imagine the hypotenuse of the triangle or something. That makes sense. But instead, you have to go straight up and over. I hope. Get a pen out there for a second. <clears throat> Get a piece of paper. If you're in your car, don't start doing this. But uh, maybe get this. Get onto this part of the podcast when you come home. So you've got your pen. You've got your piece of paper. Make write a dot. Draw a line straight up, whatever length. Then draw a line the same length. No, not the same length. Draw a line the same length the other way. It doesn't matter. Forget that I said hypotenuse because I'm after forgetting how triangles work. Just do a line the same length the other way. Now connect the end of that line to the bottom, the original point where you started, right? So kind of where we were is we had to go up to Marm's Cross, but it would have been easier if you could just go across, but you couldn't because there's all these like lakes and like inlets and shit. That's the point I'm trying to make. So instead we ended up. Well we were trying to go towards Mam's Cross. But we ended up accidentally going left. And following this road down another way. Which ended up being the best thing ever. Because. And. Let me check now. Sorry getting the pictures on my phone. Because I need to remember what the name of the. Uh, of the place was. Trondroline I think. I should have taken a picture of the, should have taken a picture of the, the info, info thing, because I, no, oh, I did, oh, I can't read that, okay, yeah, it's called, Tron Dolene is where we ended up, class place, has one of those Wild Atlantic Way, um, markers, which, 
every time I see one of them, I get very excited. I, w- I really want to visit all of them, every single one in Ireland. But I would need my own car. And in order to get my own car, I need a job. And in order to get a job, I need to pay 30 euros for a personalised message from John Romero. I'm, I'm assuming that will work. I'm hoping that will work because the traditional methods don't work for me. Because I get too comfortable in my interviews. Anyways, Tron Dolene. Just looking through the photos there, there. Oh, look at that. The beauty of it. You can't see that. I forget that podcast is an audio experience. And this, I'm visually, I'm enjoying myself visually right now. And you can't, you can't enjoy it. But from a distance, it looked like there was sand on Traw on Dolene boat. It was fucking coral. It was little coral or like uh, my friend Maeve told me it was Merle uh, yesterday when I was on about it. She said, no, that's Merle. It's like uh, algae or uh, coral shit that washes up and gets bleached by the sun. It looks like children's teeth. It's like you're standing on a... On a on a on a beach of children's teeth or like a fucking little weird animal bones, the the, the fossils of little. It's just very cool stuff. Uh, one one of my friends says say it would look like uh the rice krispies that were all different shapes, and it does look like that too. I'm looking at them now; they're so cool. They do look very much like teeth, though. In some ways. So I stood in the water there. It was my first ever time in Connemara. Listen to a bit of Lankan while I was there. Because I don't know. I feel like that's. Something about that makes you feel in touch with the land or something. And. It was a beautiful day. Uh, really enjoyed myself in Connemara for the first time. And I'll go there more once I get my job off John Romero. Hopefully he'll listen to this. I don't know how to. How to get this podcast to him. Uh, maybe I could send no, no, because then he'll know my plan. See, I'm, I show my cards too early. I've never been good at poker. So yeah, I had a nice time in Connemara. <coughs> um, now I'm back in Limerick, and I'm having a nice time in Limerick. I'm gonna top up my coffee with my cold coffee. It's not iced coffee. It's, it was warm coffee, and now it's cold. I made it about two hours ago, but I can't stop drinking. Thank you to my friend Hugh for getting me this coffee from Car Coffee Roasters because it's really delicious, even when it's cold. So I'm back in Limerick. Um, back to the the land of the the least cyclable streets in the world. I would say they build a cycle lane on Wickham Street, and if you were ever in Limerick. Wickham Street is about it's a it's a tiny little street it's not long at all and they were like let's do fucking 10 weeks of work on this cycle lane on Wickham Street no they've added other ones since but one thing I don't get is the the eternal battle between cyclists and motorists why why is there such contention between cyclists and motorists? You're all you're both just trying to get from A to B, literally. Except one guy has an engine and the other guy doesn't. 
but there's like cyclists there's cycling community groups of people who meet up to talk about cycling and I look fair enough that's what we want to do but I just don't know but like how what is there to talk about motorists and then the motorists are like I hate cyclists the cyclists are first of all better for the environment so I'll be on their side in this situation second of all they're just trying to cycle their damn bike except there's no where provided for them to do it and they're expected to do it on the road because they can't do it in the footpath but they haven't made a bit of the road for the cyclists to use this is all over Ireland so the motorists are getting annoyed at cyclists and they think it's the cyclist's fault then the cyclists are getting annoyed at the motorists because the motorists might kill them if they get <laughs> if they do any if they lash out at them and it's really the government's fault because there's no cycle lanes and they need more cycle lanes so that's a point I'd like to make about the cycle lanes I mean there are a good few cycle lanes in Limerick now they put one on the Shannon Bridge on both sides so it's a uh, it's a bit more cyclable I don't even have a bike so I don't know why I'm talking about this couldn't even we couldn't fit a bike in our house either it's too I mean, you could put it in the hallway, but it would just be annoying. The pubs are back open in Limerick. That's very exciting. Uh, I went to Mother Max. I said I'd have a pint. Ended up having a pints. Not eight pints, but many pints. And... The job that they've done is superb, I think. Uh, they have put in little barrier yokes so you can just sit around the place. They've like make the created boots basically. And it worked out perfectly. Then I went down to commercial, had some socially distant points there. And that also was perfect. I didn't see any issues with it. I, th I feel like it's a good system. Pharmacy, yeah, have a good system. Um, and there's a new pub called Crew Brewing, which I didn't go to, which will be opening. But I assume have a good system too. It's all gonna work out, okay? Don't be worrying about COVID 19 or not being able to have a drink. The only thing, there will be no gigs. That's very disappointing to me because I love gigs, I work basically in gigs when I'm not working in the soul destroying part of work which is the one i'm actively trying to get back into at the moment but if there was gigs i could be just working on them but there isn't there are no gigs and there won't be for a very long time <coughs> i see everyone announcing the summer 2021 going like oh my god the summer 2021 is definitely happening and it's going to be the biggest summer yet it's going tea in the park. We're going to have tea in the park in Channel 4. We're going to have a park in the park. We're going to have Metallica and Marley Park. We're going to have Idols in Phoenix Park. We're going to have uh, Olympia will be back open. And we're, there's Dublin's going to have a summer. It's like, no. Uh, I feel like the summer 2021 mightn't happen. 
you know everyone's everyone that i talk to is like even people who've never been been to festivals are like oh i'd love a festival but i've never been to one it's like what how you'd love a festival but you've never been to one how do you know what you'd love what you're missing there I don't go like I'd love a peanut, but I, because I've never had one, because I'm allergic to them. Well, I suppose they're not allergic to festivals, but everyone is excited for a festival. There's loads of good festivals in Ireland, um, and I think everyone's banking on next year. The festivals are banking on next summer because they're like, well, everyone wants a festival, even the people who haven't been to festivals. So we're gonna put on our festival next summer. We're gonna sell it out very easily because people are gagging for festivals. The people who want to go, the people who want to go to festivals. I haven't been to a festival, but I really want to festival because I wasn't able to go to a festival this summer. So I'm going to go to a festival this summer, next summer, and there'll be an, a massive market of people who will be looking for festivals. But what they're not thinking about is summer 2021 may not just straight up might ha- happen, and nobody wants to go to a socially distanced festival. The point of the festivals is that you're camping on top of other people and you're passing out in between tents and you're getting sunburnt constantly or else if you're not being sunburnt then you're on borderline of getting pneumonia because you're soaked wet and you miss all the things you wanted to go to see and you didn't bring any acid but you end up taking it and then you're in a forest and there is no forest at the festival that's how it should go and i want to not socially distance i can't i mean i'll probably go to a few socially distance gigs because i like to support the arts <laughs> you know what i mean i like to support the arts uh, i like to I just do my bit and give the arts a bit of support uh from my pocket not that there's much in my pocket these days but i will support the arts as much as i can i'm gonna go to a few social distancing gigs i'm gonna sit there i'm gonna see some probably in nice enjoyable music inoffensive i'll sip on a point i'll be gagging to stand up and start shouting going yeah and walk you over to other tables and talk to them and walk you out for a cigarette missing half of the set and then coming back in and after two shots of Jaegers and then thinking oh shit I might get sick but it doesn't matter if I dance I won't and then you know that's that's kind of how nights out go isn't it we can't do that we're gonna have to sit there but I will go to a few social distance gigs uh but I won't enjoy them as much as normal gigs and the streams have been good in some ways because you get to sit down and watch a stream but they're not life-changing in any way and they're not life-affirming in any way they're just kind of they're just on and you're like oh yeah that's good but going there's something about being there being present and you need to be present you need to be able to not just be present but be able to walk wherever you want and as close to whoever you want as you want that's what makes it good probably i don't know but lockdown was fine i had a good lockdown uh i lost weight i learned stuff i chilled out i watched a lot of what did i do i played final fantasy 7 which 
I bought because it's a game that I've always wanted to know what happens in it because I never knew because I didn't play it as a kid. So I said, fuck it, why not just buy it? was like a 10 or 15 euros. I was like, it's going to be 80 plus hours of game content. So I might as well just play it. And if everyone says it's unreal, you know, when, like there, there must be some moments of it that will be like life affirming or really well written. There are no really well written moments in Final Fantasy VII. Let's not lie to ourselves. The dialogue is bad. The story itself is, luckily, I like anime. I like watching anime, so it, but it is very anime kind of Japanese over-the-top storyline that is just plot 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 every like constant like it's <laughs> about 30 hours in you're like what the fuck's going on now jesus christ who the hell is this cat thing basically you get another cat character called cat sith it's like a cat a kind of a big giant teddy oak with a cat's head but it turns out to be Spoiler alert, a double agent, but then it'd be a good double agent, but a double agent nonetheless. Uh, it's very convoluted, but I enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? It just wasn't as good as everyone says. But the only reason it wasn't as good as everyone says is because I'm playing it in the year of 2020. And all of its charms were mind-blowing. What, what are charms now were mind-blowing uh what's the word i'm looking for innovations in 1997 or whenever it came out in fairness though i actually knew so little about final fantasy 7 that i didn't even realize that it, it was kind of ha- kind of not open world but f- like had a fairly sizable world map i just thought it was set in the, the bit of it that's called midgard the city bit for the whole thing it really opens up and it feels like an adventure. It does feel like an adventure. That's one thing I'll say about it. So, I mean, if you're in the market for a game like that, go play Final Fantasy VII, I suppose. Um, me and my housemate, Evan, watched a lot of the television shows of a man called Kent Weed. Uh, Kent Weed is a producer. Best known for shows like The Bachelor but we didn't watch that he also is the producer of Kitchen Nightmare Kitchen Nightmares and this other show called Mad Mad House which so we always we always notice Kent Weed's name because it has it says weed I suppose and we just go Kent Weed every time it comes up I go Kent Weed nice then I googled him and found out he did The Bachelor. But we like watching Kitchen Nightmares because Gordon Ramsay just says hilarious, hilarious shit in that. It's so funny to see him lose his rag, especially when he's doing the freezer bit. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Uh, but then another friend of mine, Megan, sent me on a link to this show called Mad Mad House, which was set in the house that looks like The Bachelor's House because it is The Bachelor's House. I hit play on it. Who's the executive producer? Kent Weed. So it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. This show Mad Mad House is basically from like the early 2000s. It's it's in the reality format of 
The Bachelor or one of those Amer- really American shows. But the the conceit of the show and it's <laughs> it feels you could it's like it feels not immature but undercooked but the kind of undercooked that could have only existed in the early 2000s so all these people some of them are kind of slightly conservative they're all kind of a bit like they're leaning towards conservative kind of traditional views i suppose some of them most of them are put into a house with uh, a vampire a man who identifies as a vampire uh, a voodoo witch a normal witch a voodoo shaman or witch a normal witch a guy who just has loads of tattoos and piercings and likes to hang himself off chains with them but he like literally if you watch it he just seems normal enough like he's uh, then a naturalist called Avocado, who has gone on to be the infamous guy on fucking Facebook, David Wolf, who basically just disagrees with vaccines and like believes everything that you shouldn't believe. Homeopathy and shit like that. And uh, it's pretty funny. If you like that kind of show, maybe you should give it a watch. Uh, it's p- fairly bizarre. The guy who identifies as a vampire is a loser because at least for the other people, I mean, you can feel, you can, you can sense that they kind of have a belief system. I can't see where the vampire guy's coming from because he knows vampires aren't real. Like vampires, I feel like they're a fairly recent literary invention. Rather like unlike voodoo witches and stuff which kind of goes has a tradition and a history behind it a normal witches you could go back to stonehenge or something and say well you know maybe there was magic but there probably wasn't so the vampire guy has the least gets the least uh respect out of me for sure I can hear my housemates walking around. Here they come. It's, uh, it's my housemate Evan, who I was just talking about. He's coming downstairs to make himself. What are you making, Evan? He shrugged his shoulders. I'm going to continue drinking my um cold coffee. But I would I would recommend the, um, the shows of Kent Weed, especially Kitchen Nightmares. It's the best one by far. Gordon Ramsay is the funniest cunt ever. Um, especially the way he just uh, is just the shit he expletes and ex ex cries out in anger and frustration is hilarious. And he never likes the initial meal. He literally he never ever likes his initial meal. Which is is a. I feel like he puts that on. Although they always look fucking horrendous as well. They never look well presented. I'm not good at presenting food, but I can present my food better than the people in the television show Kitchen Nightmares. But I suppose that's why they're on it because they. They're bad at at at, at cooking and stuff. So. Oh shit! I better so the sponsor of the episode. So this. 
This week's episode is sponsored by, and I'd like to thank them for, uh, well, I haven't told them, but I'll tell them next week. Uh, Specsavers. I go in there for contact lens checkup next week, so I'll, I'll be sure to say to them that they sponsored my episode and see if I can get a discount off my contact lenses. And they have provided us this week with a free listening test for all listeners. Uh, for for all listeners to the podcast, you get a free listening test, which is going to happen right now. So, I'm going to brace you for it. Listen really closely. Uh, every time you hear beep, note it, and then at the end, we'll see if you heard all the beeps. So you should have heard you should have heard uh, three beeps. Sorry, I had to walk across the room to make them quieter. I could have whispered them, I suppose. So thanks to Specsavers for that free listening test. If you heard all three of the beeps and you have perfect hearing, and you don't have to get listening test or a hearing test for any time soon, and you don't have to go to Specsavers for any reason, uh, other than maybe buying a pair of glasses. But you shouldn't do there, because I feel like they're trying to scam me. Because I went there. I've I've been there the last few weeks, because I broke my glasses by accident. And I wanted to get some contacts, and also I need to get a new pair of glasses. And they just try to get, they try to rope you into their, their bullshit. Do you know what I mean? They're trying to get you to sign up to things. They're like, oh, will they take you down to get the glasses now? And you can pick out a pair of friends. Like, oh, maybe I might look online. Because the selection in this shop isn't that good, first of all. And second of all, I'd like to just consider my options. Anyways, thank you to Specsavers for sponsoring the episode. And paying me handsomely for it. Okay, so we're actually coming up to nearly 45 minutes, which I feel like is a good place to end. I should have done that sponsored bit in the middle, but maybe I'll end with all the sponsored bits. If you'd like to sponsor the episode, the podcast, then uh, you can just, I, I live in Limerick in a yellow house, kind of close enough on, uh, kind of near the lock bar. So if you, uh, if you want to sponsor the podcast, then you can just knock on my door and hand me some money. If you'd like to, uh, I have a Patreon, but not for the podcast. So if you want, if you want to give me any money, then just revolute it to me, uh, uh, just directly. That would be the best way. And thanks for listening. I'll be back probably tomorrow with another forty-five minutes to an hour. It could be two hours, depends. What am I doing tomorrow? What was my plan? I don't have... Oh, I'm going to my friend's Macca's house for dinner. He's making jackfruit pulled pork. Or pulled jackfruit, as it should be called. Or barbecue jackfruit, because it's not pulled pork. It's jackfruit, but it's still nice. 
Uh, so maybe I'll record the episode with him. Who knows? Uh, thanks for listening. As I said, this is the start of a long, hopefully not long journey of trying to get a job. And I hope you stick with me. Just like I'd stick with you if you were doing this. Thanks.